Hi, I'm Michael Carter, lead pastor of the Life Church, and I just want to thank you for watching this rebroadcast of this week's message. We hope it's an inspiration to you and that there will be things that you can apply to your life that will help you along your journey. I'm really glad that you're wanting to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and I believe the Word of God will help you do just that. So be encouraged, and if there's something in the message that helps you, we want you to respond. So leave a comment, prayer request, or even a question below. We want you to know that we're with you on your journey. So God bless you and have an amazing week. Here's this week's message. So we're in this series called what? The Facets of Faith. The Facets of Faith. This is why the testimony we heard this morning and the testimonies that we've heard all year long are why we need this. Faith. 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 I can't say it enough. The just shall live. That means walk, move, breathe, sleep, eat. We live by faith. It's important. It's important to God. And so it should be important to you. But we must understand what it is. We must understand what it is. And so we're talking here about the facets of faith, and we're in Hebrews 11. We're really talking about the motion of faith. We're talking about a life of faith. It all of a sudden becomes who we are. And this chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, it's filled with men and women just like you and me. You know, you would say, well, no, I don't know about that. I see all these men and women in that chapter, and they did such great things. Well, listen, they did such great things, but you'll see today by faith. They're no different than you or I. Same blood, mind, hands, feet, human beings. But by faith, they did these things, just like you and I. And they faced incredible challenges, but they chose the path of faith. And God was so impressed with their faith that he led the, the writer of Hebrews to document all of these people. Notice I said God was impressed by their faith. He wasn't impressed by their actions. He wasn't impressed by their mistakes. Some of us have made some impressive mistakes. Come on. I mean, I've done some things that you would say, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could have gone that far. <laughs> but he wasn't impressed by their mistakes or their failures. He was impressed by their faith. And so he cataloged these through the writer of Hebrews. And this series is very appropriate for us in this season. Come on. How many know it's been a challenge? It's been a challenge in the natural to walk. It's been a challenge to walk it out. But this, this, this series is so appropriate for us because God is stirring us up for something. He's stirring our hearts up, family. I'll tell you that. He's breathing a fresh wind of faith into us. Because he has greater things in store no matter what you see with your eyes around you. Come on. He's strengthening us. He's preparing us. The question is, do you have faith for it? I said, do you have faith for it? That's the only question for you. Chapter 11 starts with two epic verses. Epic verses. <laughs> no, we had an epic men's meeting. They start with epic verses. It says, now faith is the substance. It, it is, it's the ingredient. It's the substance of things that I hope for. 
And it's the evidence of things that I don't see. The evidence of things not seen by these eyes. Okay? For by it, the elders retained, obtained a good report. By faith, not by their actions. Noah didn't obtain a good report because of the ark he built. He obtained a good report and a good testimony because of his faith to be obedient. Now, faith, I have a very, personally, a very simple definition as my understanding of faith is. As I look at the whole Bible and I look back over my life and all of the years that I've walked with God, all of the mistakes I've made, all of the times I've had to get back up, all of the time, all of the things I've had to overcome in my own life, and I look around at other people and I see other people's faith walks and, and, I, and I pray and I look at all of these things, I come to the conclusion that faith is simply Hearing what God says and doing it. It's not, it's not saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe 27 times. You could do that. Nothing wrong with that. It's not, it's not any of those things. It's just hearing what God says and doing it. But my expanded definition of faith would look like this. Faith is an uninterrupted state of inner confidence. Watch this now. This is important. This is the most important part of this whole statement. It's, a, it's an uninterrupted state of inner confidence. This is the important thing, thing, rooted in legal standing. You have a legal right. You are part of the family if you've accepted Christ in your life. You have pedigree. You have the DNA. You have the name of Jesus. You have every right. You're not an outsider. You're grafted in. You have legal right to call on the name of Jesus by faith. That God's new and fresh promises are already ours. I know we say a lot, God's going to do something. And I'm not condemning you or even convicting you for saying that or me for saying that. But God's done something. God already died on the cross and by his stripes we were healed. Now faith is, not going to be, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's a confident standing of assurance regarding unseen things. It's a continual positioning. It's not a one-time event. We don't come to church one time, hear one testimony, and that was great, and then go on about our lives waiting for the next time. See, we live Walk, move by faith. So it's a continual positioning of oneself under the authority of an agreement of things God has said. It is a decision by you to subject all of life's, uh, all of everything you do in life to God, to his will and to his promises. All of life's decisions, all of life's thoughts, all of everything you say, Everything you do, all of your actions, all of that, you submit to God's will. And that's what this series is all about. It's helping us to stand confidently in God's will, continually positioning ourselves to live a victorious life. And so today's hero, just for a few moments, I want to talk about Noah. I want to talk about Noah because Noah, Noah was a man of God, we know that, and his whole family. All right. And he deserves our attention. There's actually four chapters in the book of Genesis dedicated to him. Chapter six, seven, eight and nine. 
all dedicated to him and his family and his walk of faith. He was, he was, he was a devout man. He was a man who lived on earth, watch this, in a time the Bible says that where the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. Can I ask you to look around right now? Does that kind of sound familiar? Noah lived at a time when the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. As I look around the earth, come on, come on now. And most of us would know the story of Noah, a flood an ark, animals, a rainbow. Maybe you heard it in Sunday school. Hollywood even made a horrible movie about it. They didn't, they didn't stick to the script. And even creatively, it was horrible to me. I'm a movie buff, so I can say that. It was, it was a horrible movie. <laughs> so they tried their best to understand it. But if we go a little bit deeper and, and kind of unpack this story, this this what Noah and his family did, this wasn't some backyard summer project. This wasn't just a a garage project where he's building a a, a tree house out back, building a model airplane. Come on, somebody, building some bird houses. And by the way, I'm not downing any of those things because we have some great carpenters in here who do those wonderful things. So they can appreciate it, what Noah did, right? You can appreciate The ark, 120 years of building it. He had to work on that daily for 120 years. He would also do it in a time where many of you know this and you've heard it, many of you. There was no rain. There was no such thing. Not only was there no rain, they'd never heard of rain. Rain was a foreign word. It was like rain. It's going to rain. Okay, what what does that mean? I don't know what you're talking about. I look outside, I see the sun. I've seen water way over there in a pool, in a lake, but there's no water in the sky. I don't know who this God is, but he's rain. I've never heard of rain. Never heard of it. So he's asked to build a boat. A boat. A boat. One, what is a boat? Two, for what? (laughs) I'm walking around on dry land, okay? No such thing as rain, right? And, 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 and he was asked to build this boat. And I always wondered when that first drop of rain came and it hit him on the forehead or, or one of his daughter-in-laws or wife or his sons, what did they think? A bird? Just... I mean, what would you think? You never heard, you've never seen rain before. This is what we're talking about. So I'm saying this to relate to you. You might be in a, a situation where people don't know what I'm going through. I don't even want to tell people because they don't understand what I'm going through. And God will ask you to do something, right? People don't understand what I'm going through. Verse 7 puts it this way. It, it, it sums up 120 years in 42 words, one verse says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith. By faith, Noah. Now, I know it, there's a little, there's a comma there after Noah. By faith, Noah. 
And then it describes what happened with Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear. But you could put it this way, and I'm not taking anything from the Word of God. By faith, Noah constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Noah constructed an ark. By faith. And he's an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. And so there are three key lessons that we can learn from Noah's faith. First of all, we need to understand that faith is the key distinctive in our life. It's important above everything else. Everything is important. Prayer is important. Understanding of grace is important because if we don't understand the grace that we receive from God, we're not properly, we're not going to be able to properly give grace to others. If we don't understand the mercy, the forgiveness that we've received from God, it's going to be difficult for us to forgive others who have offended us. All of those things we need. The gifts of the Spirit Paul talks about in Corinthians are important. We need all of those things. But faith is the key distinctive. Faith without faith. Notice the first two words in verse 7 and the last two words. By faith, Noah. And then righteousness that comes by faith. It began with faith and ended with faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. Starts with faith, it ends with faith. There was one thing that was defined in Noah's life. It was faith. Yes, he built a boat. Yes, he saved his family. Yes, he became Dr. Doolittle and talked to all these animals who came on the boat two by two, seven by seven. He's one of the greatest Old Testament zookeepers of all times. Yes, he could be admired for many reasons, but the core of it all was his faith. And it has to be the starting point of our walk with God. See, by faith you are saved. Through grace, it is the gift of God, not of yourselves. But by faith you are saved. You can't even get to heaven without faith. You can't get to heaven by doing good works. You can do all the good, you can do more good works than anybody. You can do ten times the amount of good works that Mother Teresa did or anybody else who you consider a good person. But unless you have faith in Jesus Christ, you're not getting in. We can talk about life skills, God's instructions, living right, so many more things that come our way. But the starting point and the ending point has to be faith. If it's not, we miss the whole point of our journey. If if it doesn't start with faith and end with faith, we miss the whole point of the journey. This topic is so important. This is why the Bible says in Romans 1:17, the just shall live by faith, as I quoted earlier. It also says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, right before what we read, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is important. True relationship cannot be had with God without faith. And we have to be able to see it in the spirit just because we don't see it with our natural eyes. There's an animal, an impala, 
an African impala. These animals can jump 10 feet in the air. Just stand there and jump 10 feet. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? And they can jump 30 feet that way. Or that way. Or that way. Or they can jump 10 feet in the air and 30 feet out. But an African impala is only about three feet tall. So if you build a fence around an impala three feet tall, it won't jump. You have it captured. It won't get out because it can't see where it's jumping. Many of us are like that African impala. If you don't explain it to me and I can't understand it fully, 100%, totally, in the natural, then I ain't doing it. You're from Missouri. Some, some of us old folks understand that. We call that the show me state. Show me before I do it. Right? But God is saying, I'm asking you to take a step of faith. I'm not asking you to hope uh, without reason. But I'm asking you to see in the spirit. I'm asking you to do like Jesus' mother. <laughs> when she said, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. Faith is the key distinctive in our life. And number two, faith is trusting, watch this now, where understanding falls short. I don't know that we should trust our human understanding 100% anyway. Because uh, I don't know about you, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. I mean, there's some things, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm helping Eldon, you know, build something or Brother Jim you know, build something, and he says, I'm doing it this way because of that. And then, you know, they have the vision. And I'm going, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but here's the hammer. I I'll, I'll just help you. And then when I see it at the end, I'm like, whoa. And they saw that at the beginning, see? But because I didn't understand it, I wouldn't help. God is saying, listen, you may not, you may not see it with your natural eyes, but I'm telling you, I have a vision. It's what God is saying to you this morning. I'm telling you, I have a vision for your life. And what we learn from Noah is that faith is trust. If anyone trusted God, Noah did. 120 years. Noah shows us in this one verse that faith is really faith in God. It's choosing to trust him even when circumstances call to trust something else. When circumstances, circumstances call your trust in question, God calls you to trust him. That's faith, when you trust God's word over what you see. You might say, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm having trouble understanding that. But if you believe the Bible, first of all, who would try to step out on water and walk out to a boat? Not me. And then, don't let there be a storm too. Can I use my best English? Is you crazy? <laughs> Is you crazy? <laughs> right? But just because our eyes don't understand it and our natural understanding doesn't understand it, if God says it, come on. Think about what the Bible is trying to teach us about Noah. God warns Noah of a flood, telling him to build this massive sea-fearing vessel, Right? And uh, to survive the flood, he tells Noah that he's going to save enough animals to repopulate the earth. And they all would just walk in. You're not going to have to go wrangle them up. 
They're just going to come. Start building it. Open the door. Two by two, seven by seven. What? You ever tried to get a cat to obey you? So I don't like cats. I mean, I'm sorry. Cats are good. I like cats. And then let's not forget about what we talked about. The water issue. He wasn't really near water. He didn't know about boats, yet he trusted even when he had no frame of reference. You want to talk about faith when you have no frame of reference. All he had was a word, a promise. Come on. I want you to do something. Stop and think about your life right now, what's going on in your life. What are you facing today that seems overwhelming or unclear, confusing? What are you facing today that even may seem hopeless? What consumes your thoughts and your emotions? Where do you fear and doubt? Where do you struggle to focus on his promises instead of your problems? Where is that in your life right now? What's going on with you? Because that's what this is all about. It's not just about hearing a good story about Noah. This is about you and walking out your life, your life of faith. Let's look at this verse again and look at one phrase here in verse 7. It says, by faith, nor being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. Concerning events as yet unseen. The, uh, another version put it this way. It says, because Noah had faith, he was, warned about, he was warned about something that hadn't happened yet. But he obeyed and built a boat that saved him and his family. Because he obeyed even though it hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened before. He obeyed. He obeyed. He was being asked to do something that he had no understanding of, no frame of reference about. No one had ever seen or experienced what God said is coming. Noah trusted God even when he couldn't understand. Come on, somebody. That's faith. That's faith. I mean, the dictionary defines faith as belief in or devotion to or trust in somebody or something, especially without logical proof. But we want to have logical proof. Faith is a choice of trust. That's what it is. And Noah teaches us that if my faith rests on something other than him, then it has a faulty foundation. And whatever you're building won't stand. It won't stand without faith. Everything else is fallible. Everything else can fail. Everything else is subject to the sovereignty and province of God. The very core of my existence has to be total faith in God and his word, even when my life doesn't make sense. What do we understand from Noah? We understand that our starting point is faith. Faith is trust. And trust is most evident when the circumstances or instructions can't be understood. This is what we understand from Noah. And then finally, and watch this now, and this is probably the most important sub-point, if you will. Faith is made evident in our obedience. Because you can say you have faith all you want to. I mean, I know a lot of people that can talk a good game. I mean, you put me in the right circumstance, I can talk a good game. I can get you to believe a whole bunch of stuff. I, I, I know some good talkers. I'm telling you, some people that can talk, 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 get you riled up, 
get you to give them money. They can talk. But see, faith has made evidence in our obedience. Where's the results? Where's the action of your faith? I don't see you getting in the wheelbarrow. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about that story. Get in. Now I believe you have faith. Now I see your faith. Now your faith is made evident by your actions. The next phrase in that verse, uh, verse 7 says, By faith Noah being warned by God concerning events that have yet to be seen, it says in reverent fear, he constructed an ark. He constructed an ark. We, we look at that as, oh, that's just, that's just a side note of the story. That's the point of the story, is he did what God asked him to do. See, Noah's faith wasn't just a stated belief. It was made evident by his obedience. He constructed an ark. Peter got out of the boat. All the other disciples could have said, boy, I got faith. I believe in Jesus. That's a great guy. He's walking on water. Man, I believe in that guy. Woo, Jesus is something else. Peter said, watch this. And he got out the boat and started walking on the water. I believe Peter was walking on the word of God. Let me say it this way. Faith, faith is an action, not an intention. Let me say that again. Faith is an action, not an intention. You heard the phrase, and I know it's not in Scripture written this way, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You ever heard that before? Maybe it's just as old people. We, we got to perpetuate some of these sayings, y'all, because this, this is good stuff, young people. Road to hell is paved with good intentions. I meant to, I was trying, I should have, uh, uh, yeah. Still going the same way with murderers, liars, killers, cheaters. And you meant, I meant, ah, I just, mm. no. God said, confess with your mouth, believe with your heart. Let me see it. True faith is obedient faith. That's faith in motion. This was not an easy or cheap obedience, I'll call it. It it was not a, it was not short on obedience. Noah's faith wasn't. I mean, he was all in. He was all in. It was not a partial obedience. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And then Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. See, obedience is twofold. Obedience is twofold. Obedience is doing what the person tells you to do. In this case, we're talking about God. Parents know this. Obedience is doing what I told you to do. Obviously, we would know that. But here's the other part of obedience. You would know this, mom. Obedience is also doing what I told you to do when I told you to do it. Come on now. I mean, if I tell you to clean your room today and you don't do it till tomorrow, you might still get knocked upside the head. I did what you said. I said to do it yesterday. But see, in this case, it's not about getting knocked upside the head. It's about missing out on your blessing. It's about missing out on what God has for you. You're you're not hurting anyone but you. Because at the end of the day, God already knew you weren't going to do it till tomorrow. Let that bake in your noodle for a moment. God already knew what you was going to do and still told you to do it to see if you would do it. 
But anyway. But we were not hurting anybody but us. See, Noah's faith made room for God to work. We sit and we pray, God, please work. But we have to make room for him to work. And our faith makes room for him to work. So, here it is for us today. What is it that hangs in the balance for you today? What is it that hangs in the balance? I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe a loved one's salvation depends on your faith and obedience. Maybe your health, your finances is dependent on your faith and obedience. Maybe your marriage is dependent on your faith. Maybe your career. I don't know what you might be going through today. Maybe your purpose for being created is dependent on your obedience. So Life Church, let's not, let's not shy back. Let's put our faith in motion. And let's act on it regardless of what the cost may be. What would it look like? What would it look like if all of us leaned in and walked out our faith with total obedience today? Why not us? Why not now? And as great and wonderful and encouraging and overcoming as Forrest's testimony was, I don't believe he's the only, I don't believe he gave that testimony just for him. I believe it was for us as well. And I believe Forrest is also saying that, yes, this, this is what I went through. This is what God has brought me through. He's brought me to this point. He'll do the same for you. What's going on in your life? It might not be cancer. It may not be what someone else is going through. But what's going on in your life? God is calling some of you to take steps of obedience. Some of us, he wants to challenge in the area of obedience. Maybe you have been obedient, but maybe it's been a partial obedience. Maybe it's been a conditional obedience. Some of you in here today have grown tired in your faith. God is inviting you this morning to place your faith in him. Because that's the only way to have the righteousness of God. It's the only way.